because we have a brief business meeting after the service to, just to kind of give an annual report and to um, vote on our budget. So it's my hope to, to be brief. All right, so Koth Fit. I'm going to catch you guys up. If you don't know what Koth means, it's not, I'm not misstating something. It is Church on the Hill. We need to get that, Koth, Church on the Hill. Getting fit spiritually and physically. Important, important that we take good care of our bodies, important that we take good care of our spirit, important what we feed ourselves physically, important what we feed ourselves um, spiritually as well as through our eyes and through our ears. Job says that just as the mouth takes in food, so do ear, uh, our ears take in words. And we need to guard, it's like with your children, you need to guard those little ears, not let just whatever wants to go into those ears go in. Parents, you have the right and the responsibility to filter those ears. And parents, don't stop. Just with them, filter your own ears. Take care of what you're listening to. All right. To, to uh, just catch up a little bit, I believe the key to getting fit spiritually and physically is movement. You have to move. You have to change. You have to change something. You have to have faith, and faith is a movement. And with faith, we can do all things. We can do all things with faith, with God. But we've got to keep God as our main focus, and our fitness is one of our goals. This is a spiritual battle. Anybody here tonight battling something spiritually? I would argue that you all are at some, at, in, at some level. It doesn't matter where you go. There is a spiritual battle going on. It's not a battle in flesh and blood. It's a battle in the spirit. It's a battle in our mind, what we're thinking. Um, it is so easy. I was just thinking this today, how easy it is to be self-loathing, to, to be doing well, but be thinking you don't measure up. Um, I'm not going to go into my own self-loathing sometimes, but it's it's... It's amazingly, um, it, it's scary how easy it can come on you and how easy you can buy into it. Even when the sun's shining and everything's great. The mind is an amazing thing and we must war. We must war uh, in the spirit realm. Last week, we talked about the word discipline. Discipline, the result of discipline is short-term pain and long-term gain. Disciplining ourselves in Christ, in our relationship with Christ, reading His Word, praying, in fellowship with one another, and seeking righteousness. In the, to get spiritually fit, we've got to discipline ourselves to be in the Word, to be in prayer, to be in fellowship with one another, and in seeking righteousness. I tell you, we'll get fit as a fiddle we do those four things and stay on top of those four things. All right, we're going to continue in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, that's where we've been the, the last uh, two weeks, I believe. But man, Hebrews 12 is just a powerful scripture. Have y'all been receiving the last two Wednesday nights from Hebrews chapter 12? We haven't gone far. We've just gotten through the last two weeks. We've only gotten through verse 13. So here we go. How do we get fit? Well, we work. Everybody say the word work. Nobody likes that. And two of you said it. Say work. work. That was work. To say work. 
Work at what? Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Now, can you put two and two together there? If you're not working, there's a result to work. There's a result to godly work. And it's seeing the Lord. And I think that is such a huge statement, seeing the Lord. What do you think when you see see the Lord? I'm going to walk out here and there he is. Right? And that's not what's going to happen. But you're going to see the Lord at work in your life. You're going to see the Lord coming through in your life. You're going to see the fruits of the word of God in your life. Do these things, work at these things, and you will see the Lord at work in your life. The Lord will make himself known to you. Man, I'm way more excited than you are. Uh Uh-huh, I heard somebody say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-huh. Verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Verse 16. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright for the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward he wanted his father's blessing but was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. So, let's get back to this word, work. It's a funny thing. I was putting this uh, presentation together today, and this word sat on my desktop on, on the screen for, I don't know, probably 20 minutes. And the more I looked at it, the more I thought that word looks like it's spelled wrong. Just keep looking at it for just a minute, and it'll start to look like a foreign word, like it doesn't even make any sense. And I'm looking at it and looking at it. Anyway, that was free. That didn't cost you anything. (laughs) Have you ever just sat there looking at something and you need to just walk away for a minute and come back and look at it again? And all of a sudden it, it makes sense. Work. We have to work. You don't work, you don't eat. There's a blessing to work. There's a reward to work. What is work? Work is the activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. I was meeting with some people yesterday about making some changes in, in, in an area of leadership. And I just said, don't go through the next year doing the same things you've done and expect different results. Because you won't get them. You'll get the same results. I've told you over and over and over, even from this pulpit, that's the definition of insanity. Is to do the same things over and over and over and expect a different result. So we've got to make a change. And that change requires work. Doing things differently. Involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. Is your purpose to grow in your walk with the Lord? We can pray all day for that. But until you work, we're not going to see the results of it. Prayer is needed, but so is movement. That's faith. Prayer and faith 
faith and prayer. We need them both. We need to pray, but then we need to stop praying and start working. Or pray while you work. You don't have to stop praying. Pray without ceasing. But that doesn't mean you don't work. Work. If you want results, you have to work. In order to get fit spiritually, we must work. Those that don't work, what will they wind up with? They will wind up with not seeing the Lord. So, just to make things easy, for me, if I were to look at this and I'm not seeing God move in my life, then I would want to try to go get to work. Get to work according to God's word. God is watching over his word to see who will do it so that he can perform it. We don't have to go out here and do his work and then call on God, God, I've got a timesheet here. I did this, this, and this. Now you need to kick into your part. Nope, he's watching. He's watching over his word so that what you do according to his word, he performs. Um, if you are seeking God, maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, man, I've really never really bought into this thing, this thing about God. That's okay. We've all been there. What I want to encourage you to do is to follow Scripture. Go ahead and just follow what the Word of God says. Take the principles of God's Word and God's kingdom and see if He doesn't reveal Himself to you. He will. And the great thing is, His Word, His principles will work in your life, whether you're saved or unsaved. Now let that one sink in a minute. God's kingdom principles will work regardless of whether you're saved or unsaved. The thing is, you start working out his principles, you start walking out his principles, he's going to reveal himself to you and you won't hardly be able to take it. It'll be so good. If you've been struggling to see God, struggling to say, man, I've heard this message forever and ever and ever and I just don't get it. Get out here and start applying what God, apply the, take the instruction manual, say, okay. I'm going to take this, and I'll just, let's just start with Hebrews chapter 12. If you just start there, okay, I'm going to work out Hebrews 12, and Lord, I'm looking for you. Are you real or are you not real? The Lord says, I'm real, and I'm going to show you, and it's going to be good. And you won't be able to deny it. There will be no other way to explain it except that the supernatural has kicked in. Man, it gets me excited. I don't know about you. As a, as a saved person, spirit-filled and serving the Lord, I love to know that I can get out his word and apply it, and I'm going to see results from it. I'm going to see kingdom results from it. Results that no one can steal. Satan can't steal it. It has to get to me. And I see the Lord. Woo. Anything worthwhile requires work. If it's free... It's probably not worth anything. We want everything free. But usually if it's free, there's not much value to it. You get what you pay for. You ever bought a cheap car? I once had a guy when I worked at Express Lube come into the lube and pointed to a car out there and said, Oh man, Paul, look at that car out there. I gave a hundred bucks for that. And I looked at him and I said, You got ripped off. And he looked at me like, but I mean, I don't know how the thing got there. I don't know how he lived driving it out on the street. 
But it was just one of those things. hundred bucks that looked like a good deal. I questioned. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put my child in that car. Anyway, what do we work at? Work at what? Anybody ever wonder? Okay, work. Okay, I can do work. What? What do I do? All right, for right here from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Work at living at peace. Do you remember from the Beatitudes? Blessed are the peacemakers. So, are you at war with your family? Blessed are the peacemakers. You want to be blessed? Stop being the war maker and be the peacemaker. It doesn't mean you, you still take abuse or you set yourself up to be hurt. No. Get the get proper amount of boundaries up and get, get the truth out. And you know what? Get, get the truth out on the table and process and forgive. Even if the other person doesn't forgive you, you forgive them. And make peace. How, how do you do that? Make, make, make the peace. There's a dance. Anyway, smoke. Anyway, Indian peace. Anyway, I don't know how to do it. Anyway, whatever. There is. Make the peace. Our families, church families, are at war. We are at war with each other. Saved people, saved families are at war. Well, I want to encourage you, Koth family, be peacemakers. Be peacemakers. Pastor, you don't know my family. You don't know my family. You think you know them, but you don't know them. And we're not going to say who we're talking about. But, you know, I've been, I've, someone asked me today at lunch, how long have I lived here? I was born and raised. Everybody knows me. Knows my sisters, knows my parents, knows my siblings, knows my aunts and uncles. They're all from two counties over. Man, we got family. And our family has issues. And your family has issues. I know you do. You've told me. Who here doesn't have a family? Who here doesn't have a family that has issues? If you raise your hand, you're lying. All it took was one couple to hit the earth, and there were issues. And then all it took was them to have kids, and they had issues. And then more kids, more issues. And it got so bad that the earth was wiped clean. And Noah could barely get off the boat before there were issues again. And there have been issues ever since. Live at peace. We have the ability, we have the ability from, we have supernatural ability to bring peace to our family. The Lord wouldn't call us to be peacemakers if we couldn't be. We can be. And I don't mean scream at your family, we got to have peace. Peace. Work at making peace, and you will be blessed for it. What else do we work at? Number two, I told you I was going to get done early, but I was lying. 
Um, live a holy life. What does holy mean? Dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose. Sacred, morally and spiritually excellent. I, I think uh, Webster's has a hard time defining that word. Being holy. Seeking after righteousness, pursuing it, and giving it your best effort. In Scripture, it talks about practicing righteousness, which means you're not always going to get it right. You're going to sometimes get it wrong. And that's where repentance and grace and mercy comes in. But we must, we must practice righteousness. What does it mean by righteous? Doing the right thing according to the kingdom of God. Not according to the world, according to the kingdom of God. So live at peace, seek a holy life, and you will see God. What else does it say to do? It says to look after each other. Not get after each other. Look after each other. Love covers. Remember from our, the series we just did, love covers mistakes. Chocolate covered cherries. God covered mistakes. Love covered mistakes. You guys have loved over my mistakes. My mistakes of my past, my mistakes of being this pastor, my mistakes in my family. You guys have loved over that. Doesn't mean stuff I've done is right. It hasn't been. It's been wrong, but we come clean and we move on. You've got situations in your family where you need to look after your family and quit looking at everything they do wrong. You wonder why they're looking at everything you're doing wrong? Because you're looking at everything they're doing wrong. Let's just sit down and talk about, I had a situation where two kids got together and just said, you tell me what you don't like about me and I'll tell you what I don't like about you. Little eight-year-olds. And the bad thing is, they did. And got their feelings hurt. But they asked, what don't you like about me? Well, you do this. Well, I didn't think you were going to say anything. Really, I just wanted to tell you what I thought you did bad. And that was the case. The one child just wanted to tell them but thought, well, I'll just ask them first. That'll make it okay for me to ask for me to tell them. And next thing you know, they got their feelings hurt. Well, quit, quit looking at what everybody's doing wrong. What does the Scripture say? Quit looking at the speck in your brother's eye and get the log out of your own. How many of you know we've got enough individual problems of our own to be worried about somebody else's? I do. I got enough problems on my own to worry about anyone else's. Look after each other. Be on guard. War for each other. Don't just look out for yourself. Look out for each other. This is a biggie right here. Watch out. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows. My wife in here. Oh, I heard you. Get back up here. Get up here. Isn't that funny? Just hear that voice. It just, it just brings warm fuzzies. It does. Only your spouse can do. Elizabeth took her first, PhD, her first two Ph.D. classes this semester and took one in statistics, which was just the nastiest class ever. I was a business major and took statistics, and she got a big fat A in it. <laughs> My kids were praying. I was praying. 
She called me yesterday saying, I'm going to vomit and I'm going to cry. And I said, just go ahead and cry for a minute. Just get it over. It's talking about self-loathing and how easily, I mean, you were prepared, you'd worked so hard, but you still thought you weren't going to do good. And it's one of those things where our mind is at battle with us to try to keep us from pushing through. You're right at the edge of something you need to push through. And I want to tell you, you can do it. This whole physical, physical, being physically fit. We were, I was talking to somebody today about running a half marathon and how much easier it is to run the marathon than it is to train for the marathon. Because people are out there cheering you on the whole way. Bands are playing. I'm not kidding. Bands out in the yard and you need cheerer. You need someone to cheer you on this Christmas season. You can make it. You're going to make it. All right. Don't let bitterness grow. And I want to ask you real quick, because you're going to know the answer. Have you got a little bit of bitterness in you? <laughs> that makes me mad him just asking me that. <laughs> He's meddling. You know, God meddles. God brings up to the surface the stuff that needs to get out. It's like, a, a, it's like our body is made whenever we get a splinter. Somehow our body is made to push that thing out. And God's trying to help you push that thing out. But we hang on to it and we cover it up. We try to, we try to sew it up. We try to put stitches over it and leave it in there. And it won't heal. Do you, are you bitter about something? Well, no, I'm not bitter. I don't like what my sister did, but no, I'm not bitter. I don't like what my spouse did, but no, I'm not bitter. And all of a sudden, your face just gets gnarling, and you're bitter. The Lord wants you free. Let that go. Go sit down and talk to him. Forgive him. Tell him you don't want him to do that to you anymore, but you forgive him for it. You don't know what they did. Um, forgiveness is not... Your, your ability to forgive someone is not based on how you feel. It's not based on your emotional situation. If you're waiting for the feeling to forgive, you're not going to get it. Forgiveness is a decision. And it's a command. It's a decision. You decide to do it. I forgive you. I'm still mad at what you've done to me. I haven't quite gotten over it. It's a wound that needs to heal, but I forgive you. Sometimes it just hurts to even think about how you forgave someone. But I did. I forgave you for that. Bitterness is a decision. Your bitterness, listen to me just for a second. Your bitterness is not based on what someone did to you. Your bitterness is based on how you handled what they did to you. Your bitterness is not because of what they did to you. Your bitterness is a decision you made when they did that to you. And you can let it go. I choose to get mad, I choose to forgive. It's my choice. I am in control. I can choose to hold on to it 
and suffer the consequences, or I can choose to let it go and suffer the consequences. There's consequences to both, holding on to it and letting it go. The thing is, there's good on one side, there's bad on the other. Am I bitter? Ask yourself the question, am I bitter? Just by yourself. Why? Lay it out on the table and look at it from a different perspective. Write it down. Walk away from it and come back and look at it. And put a, maybe put a Bible beside it. Not because that means anything, but put Jesus beside it. Say, okay, how do I take Jesus in this offense? I need to pray. I need to spend some time. Lord, soften my heart. Change my heart. Because I'm the one that's holding on to this bondage, not the person that hurt me. The person that hurt me is not the one being hurt by this bitterness. It's me. Sometimes y'all respond great, sometimes you don't. Not that, there's nothing like a pastor telling you to forgive and wanting you to get excited about it. <laughs> But that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some encouragement. Pastor Paul, you can do it. This is a great message. But man, it hurts because you're making me think about that sorry person in my life. I'm just not going to smile because I'm mad. And I chose to be mad. Go get them. How do I release the bitterness? Release it. Speak it. I release this bitterness of unforgiveness due to this person. And the first time you say it, you may still be snarled up and mad. But then say it again and say it again until you mean it. Search regularly for offenses. Search regularly for offenses in you. Clean house. Don't wait for the spring. Spring cleaning. Do it now. What bitterness do I have? Don't go, in, don't go into your family situation at Christmas with bitterness. All right, finally, make sure no one is immoral, godless, giving up righteousness over the slightest, over the slightest bump in the road. How do, how do we handle immorality? First thing, by knowing what's moral, you've got to get the word of God in you. What is moral to the wor world is not moral to God. And more than likely, you have bought into some worldviews that need to be broken. You need truth. And I would encourage you, prove God's word to be true. Is God's word truth? Maybe you need that, um, maybe you need that identified to you. Go try it. I just encourage you, try God's word and prove it to be true or false. I'm telling you, it will prove to be true. Get yourself filled with the word. Get yourself filled with the spirit of God. And God will identify what is righteous and unrighteous. Get connected to the body of Christ. So many times in my connection to the body of Christ does truth come out. Does the Spirit of God speak to me? The Spirit of God will speak to me through this body. The Spirit of God will speak to me by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will speak to me by His Word. 
I can get a direct word from the throne of God by those three ways. By each other, by his spirit, by the word. There's more ways than that, but those are the primary ways for me. Finally, make a move. 2015. Change the radio station. You're wanting to hear a certain song, but that's not the kind of songs they play. But you're praying that they'll play that song. You're listening to the country giant and you're wanting to hear rap. They're not going to play it. I don't encourage anyone to listen to rap. But they're not going to play it on the country giant. I don't think. I don't listen to the country giant. Change the channel. Make a change in 2015. Set some goals in your spirit life, in your physical life, and achieve them. Don't do them for one time. I talked to somebody today that went out and bought a bike, rode it one time, and then sold it. That's what we do in church. We come in, go for a couple weeks, get fired up, and then you're gone forever. Never to come back until hell hits. Then you show back up. Hoping that something's going to change. So we go to church for a week. Let me tell you, getting physically fit takes more than a week. Losing weight, unfortunately, takes more than a week. Turning a marriage around takes more than a week. I can be good for a week. Well, good luck with that marriage. Unfortunately, you're married for life. You're not married for a week. Fortunately. Fortunately, I'm married for life. By the way, she made this comment about me Sunday about this twinkle in my eyes, a twinkle in her eyes, what it was. I don't know that anyone was listening, but if you were, it's a twinkle in her eye. I'm kidding. It's totally a twinkle in my eye. Yeah. Make a move. Set some financial goals and achieve them. Set some physical goals. Set some spiritual goals. And church, let's win in 2015. And this is not a political statement. I want to win individually, I want to win corporately, I want to win in my marriage, I want to win in my finances, I want to win in my, with my kids, and I'm not being selfish. I'm speaking according to God's word. He wants me to win. He's made the provision for me to win. He's given me the instructions to win. He's given me his spirit to win. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can all repeat that, but do you really get it? For 2015, you can do all things. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no. That could be a sermon series. My wife would kill me. She hates me using that word. Ain't no. It's okay, honey. They get it. We're all country here. All right, stand up with me and let's pray together. Did y'all receive? Let's get fit. Let's do something for 2015. Let's have some victories. Let's have some breakthrough. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to live, live at peace. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us to search and to, to work hard at, at righteousness, at living a holy life. Lord, help us to look out for each other. Lord, help us to search our hearts for a root of bitterness. 
Thank you, Lord. Help us to understand what's moral and what's amoral, what's immoral. And Lord, let's, let's choose moral. Let's make good choices for 2015. And when we mess up, let's get up and let's, let's give it back to God and get back on track. Not fall off the wagon and stay off of it. Help us, Lord. Help us to turn this, this, this ship around. And Lord, I just pray for breakthrough. And Lord, we don't have to wait for 2015. Go ahead and give us breakthrough now as we just turn our hearts to you. Help us to get in the word. Help us to be filled with the spirit. Lord, help us to connect to the body of Christ. And Lord, speak to us. I want to see the Lord in my life. And Lord, I want to see the Lord at Church on the Hill. Move in this place. Lord, I ask you to bless this uh, business meeting tonight. And Lord, bless our future. Lord, bless where we're going. Bless, bless us as a body. Bless us individually. Lord, just let your blessings just pour out upon us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great night. Church members, 18 years and older, y'all can stay. Anybody can stay, but those that want to vote, um, you got to be 18 years of age and, and a member.